Traveling the Vortex. We've joined the Doctor as he travels the Vortex at landed episode number 132. And this week we begin with a passage from the sacred texts The Water Babies by Charles Kingsley. <laughs> Once upon a time, there was a little chimney sweep, and his name was Tom. That is a short name, and you have heard it before, so you will not have much trouble in remembering it. I'm Keith. What happened to Tom? You gotta read the book to find out. The sacred text. Is this an audiobook? It is actually available as an audiobook. <laughs> <laughs> but you won't read it to me? No. Well, you got me all excited to know what happened to Tom in the sacred texts. It's text the now. sacred texts. Only Keith can read it. He lived in a great town <laughs> he, he in the North the, Country. He is the reader. Where there were plenty of chimneys to sweep, and plenty of to- money for Tom to earn, and his master to spend. I'd rather hear something from Moby Dick. <laughs> by Herman Melville. Call me Ishmael. Canadian goose habitats. Yeah. Canadian, yeah. The habitat. habitat the, the, the UK the Canadian goose. habitats. The UK habitats. By HM Stationery Office. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Ishmael. Oh, take a good one. Your computer's like precariously got it. hanging over the edge of the desk. If it weren't for the flash drive, it would fall right <laughs> over. That's the counterbalance. The so, so, so much weight on that end of it. <laughs> I'm Sean. Oh, I'm glad. We hadn't done that yet. Wait, we hadn't done that yet. We did that. We skipped. Because it my just, open it was just so long. Sinks. It just sunk in what you just said. <laughs> How are you guys? I'm, I'm, feeling, I'm feeling... Not all here, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> I'm feeling elated by the the uh, sacred script. Scriptures. I didn't know. Just wash over text, the... Text. Sacred text. What is, what is it? The sacred books. Books. Sacred, sacred books. books. He could not read nor write, <laughs> and he did not care to do either. That's, just what, that's what this whole... And he never washed himself, that's what the whole for there was no water up the court <laughs> where he Shots lived. He had never been taught to say his prayers. He had never heard of God or of Christ, except in words in which Who published you that? have never... Well, you, had, you never have heard... Who published that, Keith? Do you know? Oh, uh, I do not know. Well, we'll know as soon as the lawyers send us... <laughs> It, it, it was published in. <laughs> I'm sure it's like music. There's only so much that we can read out on air. I think it was. Uh, I'm sure he's getting it from Google, where they'll only have like 19 of the 400 pages. So we're available. safe, right? As long as Google can publish 19 pages, yeah. that's that's probably the limit. Oh, they made it into an animated film. You didn't know that? No, I've never oh. heard of this book before. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We the had water, it, the uh, water baby. We had it dunk, a dunk fairy tale Did for we? a land baby. I don't think I'm familiar with it either. It was written. What? It was. It was first published in 1863. Forgive me for being an uncultured swine. Written in 1862 <laughs> to 1863 is a serial for a magazine. You, you've heard I think of Mobile Dick. Right? I've heard of Mobile Dick. <laughs> I did not enjoy Mobile Dick. I, I've like, never read. Okay. Was it? Was it the? See that. We're getting ahead of ourselves, but since we're on this subject, <laughs> is that how they say it in the UK, or oh, was uh, it was it because it's been it had been so many years? I, I and assume. if that's the case, why didn't he mispronounce water babies and uh, UK habitats of the Canadian goose? I don't know. 
because it would have made it even more. It would have made it funny, and I would have thought it was a joke that he said "bow by dick" if the other ones had like one word that was different. You know, like like they were just getting it wrong in the context because it was so yeah, long but, ago. But 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 water babies. That's a pretty how, how, water how do you, babies. You yeah. can't really mess that one up. And then habitats of the whatever. That's again kind of a all of those words are Moby. That's a little weird. That's a made up word. You Moby. Moby dick. Yeah. Okay. So Moby. Okay. Moby. Mobile dick. Mobile dick. Mobile dick. <laughs> Insert joke here. Oh, no, I wasn't going to go there. I didn't go there. Oh, I didn't Sean. go there. I did not go there. You, you're, I left it up to the imagination. You know, you're the reason why this podcast is on the verge Tears. of PG-13. <laughs> Most of the time, it's comments by Sean. I avoid warranties. <laughs> wow, this really is a right. kind of morbid beginning to a story. You're, you're reading ahead? It's still fascinated. I might have to seek out this book. Or, I've only ever seen the animated version of it. Is so. the animated good? Yeah, it's good. Is it depressing? Uh Oh, see, that's looking. a bad sign. I don't like, I don't like depressing. <laughs> well, you know, is, I, I imagine it's in the style of, like, The Hobbit uh, and Lord of the Rings. The animation style is, yes. Yeah, it's a bad oh, okay. I don't it, think it's a bad I don't know if it is. No, but. We got uh, Wizards in at work today, and it's listed in the family section. And Drew and I kind of looked at each other and went, I don't know about that. Was Lord of the Rings Pasky? Mm-hmm. Huh. Okay. <gasps> As was oh. Cool World, but... Bernard Cribbins was a yeah. bit of voice in this. And what, what? in the animated version? Yeah, of Get Out. Oh, that, doesn't, yeah. that doesn't surprise me, though. I didn't know that, but that doesn't surprise me. That makes it even cooler. Yeah. Now I'm gonna have to seek it out. <laughs> oh, there's a Doctor Who, another Doctor Who connection. Then, wow. Besides the fact that it was in oh, Australia's okay. planet. <laughs> <laughs> Just now. <laughs> Well, he's what looked at me like another one. <laughs> I wasn't even thinking that it was mentioned in this for some reason. I'm just, like, you only another... opened our show because of that. But I'm, I'm, I'm separated in my mind the book that was referenced and the movie that we're talking okay, about. Okay, but now, were you excited because Bernard Cribbins is awesome, or were you excited because Bernard Cribbins was in Doctor Who and now there's a reason for you to seek it out? Both. Okay. <laughs> I just wanted to clarify that you were aware. Bernard Cribbins is awesome. Okay. And, well. Partially why I think Bernard Scribbins was is awesome is because he was on Doctor Who. Yeah. <laughs> Did you guys do anything and fun? He was this in the movie Doctor Who or Dalek Invasion Earth. I really want to see Who. those. <laughs> you still haven't seen those. I we're, still haven't seen we're, those. We're going to set those aside. And then, I, then I want to see those, and then I want to hear the riff track version of it. We're, yeah. <laughs> we're going to set. We're going to set aside those for a show. So it'll be a great Friday night. Who fire up those VCRs? <laughs> <laughs> Except for those in the They're UK who can watch it in Blu-ray. They're in DVD now. You just can't get them on Blu-ray yet. You can't get them here. on DVD here. Yeah, you can't. No, you can't. Are you sure? Yes. I think it's very hard and very expensive. Yes. Oh. Although the library has one of them. They're listed on our Amazon site. Yeah. <laughs> oh, they're for, for Planet of Fire money. Ah. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah. Last we'll time we'll I fire it. up the old VCR. We'll, I'm gonna, I, I well, own no, them on VHS. Yeah, the, we'll be the firing first up the one old VCR. We can go to the, our library. Definitely has the uh, Doctor Who and the Daleks on DVD. Yeah. Okay. 
So we have that one at least. Invasion Earth is so much better. Well, you, you got to start with the first one. I know. Well, when, when have I ever? <laughs> when have I ever steered you wrong by skipping around? <laughs> Don't answer that. <laughs> What'd you guys do this week? Besides, get excited about reading the water baby or listening or seeing the water babies. Uh, not a whole lot. Did you guys have a good fourth? It was, we it was the fourth. Worked, we worked. But, uh, I for worked. the for the fourth, uh, the kids and I and Holly went out and shot off fireworks. Day works before work, then I went to work, and then they waited up for me. And after work, then we went and did some night fireworks. So we went over and did some uh, did. fireworks with Audi before I went to work. Work would be much cooler if they allowed fireworks. We did some at work. We well, did. we didn't, but well, yeah. the two of the anchors did. <laughs> I mean, fireworks. I, I, oh. Uh, uh-huh. Well, you've been fired at work Did a you? lot of times. So. <laughs> Usually for not working. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I cannot tell a lie. It may have happened on occasion. And then if you guys saw my Instagram video, I had an impressive show when I came home Friday yes, night. Did. <laughs> it looked like the lake fireworks. It looked like one of the oh, big professional man. shows. The amount they had out there was... Yeah, it was, just, it, must it, was have been it was right in this cul-de-sac here. right yeah, up here, okay. and I, I had to drive past it, and I was like, <laughs> don't tip over him. <laughs> and just the entire parking lot was just full of smoke. It was insane. And Friday, it, and it, Friday night when you're not supposed to. And be it doing was that, that intense the entire time. Really? Yeah. Wow. Did you see his Instagram post? Uh, yeah, tonight I did. I didn't see wow. it. Wow. Yeah. I'd ask him when, it, when I saw it on Facebook. I'd ask him where the heck it was. I thought he'd gone to a professional show somewhere. <laughs> and he'd just left well work. <laughs> <laughs> I went to Vegas on the way home. <laughs> <laughs> didn't really do anything else. Been a really low key weekend. Just lazy weekend. Picked up Pirates of Band of Misfits on Blu ray. Or did you? Have you watched it yet? Not yet. I haven't rewatched it yet. Watched the short that came with it. I wasn't as impressed by that one. Was that on front of the movie? No, it's a DVD exclusive short. Picked up the Rent soundtrack. I wish I could have been more impressed with the movie itself. I, I, I guess I, I think Sean will like it. You haven't seen it yet. You I have not seen, seen it, it yet. It was funny. It was good. I it was, was fine with it. It just I wanted it to be better. We watched. It could have been better. I will give you that. But what did we watched this week for uh, for what it was. Really Adjustment it. Bureau. We watched the Adjustment Bureau this week, which was really good. I enjoyed that a lot. I didn't think I was going to enjoy it because it's like oh, it's Matt Damon being chased. I think I've seen this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really. Um, but then he, he quit doing Bourne movies to. Do that one. Yeah, well, but then I flipped it over and I didn't know it's based on a short story by Philip K. Dick. And I went, oh, oh now I'm interested I'll because I think he's got a pretty good track record going, yeah. even though the, the, the fans of Philip K. Dick fiction will scream very loudly that Hollywood has yet to do one right. But <laughs> I've, you know, all the ones I've seen I've enjoyed. So You didn't say, did you, had you seen A Scanner Darkly? I've not. Talked I, about I, it, I own it, but I haven't watched it yet. I enjoyed that one. But um, no, we did that, and then um, I worked pretty much most of the weekend for the big sale at work, and uh, we came home and just, you know when you come home from work and you just have that thousand-yard stare going on and you can't really bring yourself to commit to anything, so you just kind of flop on the couch and just sit 
for a couple hours, <laughs> and then you think, wow, I should have been more productive. <laughs> so Saturday night, I come home, and we've had Katrina all weekend, and uh, there's lasagna in the in the microwave for me, and uh, Mel and, and, and Billy and Cody are all sitting on the couch playing Minecraft, and Katrina's running around like a crazy person because she's being ignored. <laughs> and so I came home and did the responsible thing and put her to bed and then came up and flopped on the couch and um, we played Minecraft till five in the morning. Oh my. Wow. And then we looked at the clock and went, holy crap. <laughs> well, haven't done that in a while. So I can't get into that game. I watched them play it on Friday night and I just, I don't get it. I didn't either. I, my I, daughter plays it. She's got it on her iPod, and she plays it all the time. But I've I watched Billy play on his phone for hours and hours and hours. And I bought him the 360 version for his graduation from eighth grade. It was my, you know, hair, and just you know, he knows all the elements. And I mean, there's there's a, there's a logic to it which kind of appeals to me. From the you have to know that you can use this and this and this to build this, and it's simple things like you have to plant sugar cane. And then you can harvest the sugar cane, and you can turn the sugar cane into paper. And then you can use paper to make books. And then you can get wood and chop down a tree and make wood planks. And you take the wood planks and the books, and you can build bookcases for your house, which is decorative. But it also does this thing where if you have the spell table, the books empower the spell table to make more powerful spells on your you know, shovel so that you can go shovel faster. I mean, it's, it's all tied back into the... It's one of those games that it's only self-sufficient if you continue to do the things that you need. It's like Farmville or something. Right, you, know, right. you have to yeah. you have to farm a lot so that you can buy a bigger tractor so that you can farm more. <laughs> it's, I guess it's one of those kind I, of things. Is there, is there an end goal of this game? Um, well, or is it just do whatever you want and have fun? It's pretty much do whatever you want and have fun. See, I, I can't get into those and, games. And I need a story and objectives. Well, you can set it for... There's basically a survival mode. We we play on peaceful quite a bit because Mel and I aren't very good. And it frustrates Billy to no end. (laughs) (laughs) Because if you set it on the normal survival mode, there are zombies. It's a zombie game. And zombies come out at night. And and there's creepers and things that explode and skeletons that shoot bows and arrows of all things at you. (laughs) Um, So there's a lot of that kind of stuff. But anytime you get close to the, 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 the zombies I can kill, the skeletons I can kill... The creepers, when you get close to them, they go, boom, and then they explode and wind up taking big chunks of the countryside with them, and usually me. And after (laughs) I've spent three days in peaceful mode, kind of gearing myself up and getting a good shovel and a powerful pickaxe, and now I have a sword that I can go fight things with, and then I die and lose all of that, and I start back over to level zero. (laughs) It's very frustrating, and I start screaming at Billy, turn it back on peaceful. So, um, But my problem is I, I enjoy the world building. I you know I, I enjoy things like yeah. Coaster Tycoon and um, you know Civilization and stuff like that. So I can get lost in that, and it's like, look, I built a house. Why? I don't know because I could. <laughs> I, you know, I went and you know dug up a bunch of sand and put it in the furnace. And found coal and put that in the furnace, and I made glass and I built a glass tower. Isn't that cool? Why? Doesn't matter. I can do it. <laughs> so there, there's that element of the game that appeals to me, and I just I watched Billy play this over and over and over, and, uh, and just on and on and on for hours, and I I didn't see it. I don't get the attraction to it. And then we sat down and started playing, and man, it's kind of nice just to be able to zone out. <laughs> it really because that's what you do. You just kind of go and tune everything out. And and the fact that it's a simple mechanic and there's still things. Most shooters, yeah. I mean, it's it 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 doesn't have those. <laughs> life-or-death-type decisions 
that you have to worry about, like with <laughs> Halo or, or Assassin's Creed or Mass Effect. You know, it doesn't have those kind of moments in it, and it's eight bit graphics, so it's very simple. And there's something very appealing What's about that bit. Well, it's designed to look like eight bit. No, no, no. Or three D. What is what is the three D? Sixty four bit. It's designed to look yeah, like sixty four bit. I guess I always thought sixty four bit looked better than that. It's whatever you remember. Uh, uh, Doom, the original Doom. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Sixty four was higher quality than that. Well, That's what Nintendo sixty four was. Was the two the whatever thirty two thirty two thirty two bits? What it is? Thirty two. That was like Back Super Nintendo and dark, Sega were thirty two. Dark. What was the what was the Stormtrooper one? Dark. Um, dark Forces. Dark, dark Forces. God, I love Dark Forces. Yeah, that was good. a good game. So, so yeah, we we, we 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 played a bunch of that and then looked at the clock. Like, Dude, oh, yeah, it's time to time to go to bed. <laughs> Thirty four bit. In fact, that's yeah. where I'm sure Mel is at home right now, going down in the cave and mining. Because <laughs> she's got this thing. She sees a mountain. It's like that needs to be hollow. <laughs> and so she's going. Just, you know, how many pickaxes did you go through today, hon? Seven. <laughs> okay. And there's nothing more frustrating than getting down there and finally hitting the coal strike. It's like, oh, look, it's all over the walls. We finally get... And you break your pickaxe, and it was the last one. And then you have to go back and make another one to come back down and get the stuff. <laughs> we went bowling today. Did you? It was fun, yeah. We, the kids and, and Holly and I. We were supposed to go disc golfing today. We, yeah, what happened we, to we, that? We, well, oh, I stayed, stayed up, up till 5 a.m. <laughs> Because I talked to him about it, and then we were thinking, well, what will we do? And I told him, I was like, well, maybe we'll go play Rice, because I know Glenn hasn't made it over there yet, and we'll call Glenn and ask if he wants to go. And then we didn't get up till 2. Because <laughs> we slept all <laughs> So I'm sorry. So I got up before Somebody, you. Sometimes you can do that. I'm sorry that you had to play bowling instead of going to school. No, no, no. It's <laughs> Minecraft's fault. No. <laughs> Earlier in the week, I got my little present. Tell us about your present. Yeah. yeah. Well... Uh, interestingly enough, uh, you know, we, Caitlin and I joined uh, Re- Regenerate for the uh, big Doctor Who movie uh, watch along, which I suppose we should talk about this since apparently we missed talking about this last week. Well, we talked about it, but we didn't realize that the numbers well, that I don't, I we talked numbers... about were official. Oh, I, 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 it's still the post. That, that's what I was getting that from. Oh. Was, it was in 84 countries, 10,000. I don't think we mentioned nearly that. 10,000 people. I think, people. We, I, yeah. I think, I we think just that said came out yeah. after we recorded. That, I think we just said there were a lot. That could have. Uh, anyway, 84 countries, 84 countries were, represented were represented during this thing. And uh, how many people? Uh, well, near they don't have an exact count, but they, their best guesstimate was about 10,000 people. Doing this. That's just so. insane. Incredible, yeah. That's like Friday Night Who on Crack. <laughs> <laughs> it is. That's, that's exactly that's what it was. Um, but anyway, it's a good so. Thing we don't use Google Plus. <laughs> <laughs> As Google you know, Hangouts. you could take a picture of yourself and turn it in, and uh, they posted some of them on, online, and, and Chrissy uh, actually alerted us to the fact that uh, she was on there, and Michelle was on there, had a couple pictures on there, and then Caitlin and I were on there because we would send photos in. Well, they announced winners, which, for the life of me, I can't remember what the winners actually got, and I can't find it on the blog. But uh, the winners got a special prize. Just, I don't know if they were just drawn randomly or if she liked their pictures the best, but they got uh, a prize for uh, for their photos. And then later on, in another post, Daphne says... Uh, you know, you were all so adorable. I have to send a few runner-up 
Uh, Excuse me. A few of the runner-ups, a little something to remember, regenerate 2013. Hope you like it. Well, we got in the mail, and it it actually says they're about two by two inches, courtesy of Brian. Help me with his last name again. Uga? Oh, sure. Put me on the spot. Uga? 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 And uh, he's one of the gentlemen that works on the, uh, restoring the, or worked on restoring the uh, eighth Dr. Tardis console um, with with Paul Salmon. Yes. And uh, so he, 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 I guess what happened, well, we got this little thing in the, in the, in the mail, and apparently we're runner-ups because we got the little two-by-two two, uh, commemorative piece, and it's this really neat little, it almost looks like a small picture frame, and engraved into the wood is uh, Regenerate, and then it's got the date of 623.13, and on the back side, there's a Gallifrey symbol, and then it says www.ashbrook.com. Have you Instagrammed all this yet? And then, or not yet, but you I'll should, do, you I'm, do Well, that. i got to talk about it on the show, and then I would Instagram it okay. show everybody. So just, golly, show. Well, I'm just hoping, <laughs> I'm just hoping that these I pictures will I see the good stuff exist. for the show first, yeah, and then. Yeah. But, but you're, you're saving for us. When people listen to the show, I want them to be able to put right, up the right, photos right, and go, oh, right, that's sure. what he's talking okay. about. Anyway, but on the inside, there's a swatch of material, and it appears to be... Uh, uh, material from the well, at least a replica of the Eighth Doctor's vest. So his waistcoat, waistcoat. Yes, you ask it waistcoat. And uh, I'll admit that I wasn't sure of what it was, and Sean kind of <laughs> helped identify that. So, uh, but it's really neat. It's a little piece, and, and again, we'll we'll show that to uh, on Instagram and whatnot, so that the uh, our listeners can get a look at it. And we're certainly grateful from. Uh, Daphne, that we were runner runners ups, and we got it. It was addressed to both Caitlin and I, and uh, it's pretty neat. So there you go. That and now I'm even cool. more envious that I couldn't jump in Me on that because you were at a baby show. Because I was at a baby show. <sighs> <laughs> but it's very cool. Shall we move on to other news? Let's do so. You looked at me like I had. What, what, what <laughs> I think. Oh, I think Glenn had the first one. What, what is, uh, what is, over the past week, John, no, the, John Barrowman. That was the first one. Uh, oh. Married his longtime partner. I don't know his name. Scott. Scott. I don't know. Scott. Congratulations, Scott John Barrowman. I don't know. <laughs> I don't did they take? Did one of them take the other's name? Is I don't he, know. Is he no longer John Barrowman? Is he now going to be Scott? Uh, whatever Scott. I, I, w- I would assume that he would keep John Barrowman just for no other reason as a stage name. But I suppose I could be wrong. Jada Pinkett Smith did become Jada Pinkett Smith. So it's true. Um, but yes, uh, our heartiest congratulations Gil. go out. Scott Gill. Gill, that's his name, uh, to John and Scott, who married legally, which is kind of the big part of that news, yeah. uh, in California this week. So our congrats go out to them. And I was, I was very happy to see that um, they got a lot of um, well wishes and support um, from the Doctor community, because that's always... Well, and it seemed to be it was making the rounds on all the major, on a lot of like Yahoo. It was on Yahoo's front yeah. page for a while. Yeah, it was. It was kind of a, a, a big deal, kind of across the board, not just in, in the, the who, circles, yeah. which I thought was cool. So, congratulations, yeah, congratulations to them and many happy them. years. Very, very happy for them. That's very cool. And in related news, there's uh, still no news on Torchwood. That's <laughs> <laughs> just it. Torchwood. Still, Still not, not on. on. <laughs> <laughs> I ha- oh, okay, so I have to tell you this real quick. So at the at the movie festival uh, from the last weekend that we went to, you know, they, they show Wild films, West Film Fest. Wild West yeah. Film Fest. One of the production, you know, and I use that term 
kind of loosely the production company logos that everybody throws up at the beginning of their their short films. Uh-huh. Um, I don't remember a title. I don't remember that there were any words with it at all. It was just a black and white clip of what appeared to be a cowboy. And there was a horse laying on its side on the ground. And the cowboy's literally punching the horse going, bam, bam. And he's just beating on, <laughs> on, this, on this dead horse. And I laughed so hard. <laughs> and I was like, I am going to have to find that clip. And that's going to become the Traveling the Vortex production company. <laughs> it's beating a dead horse. <laughs> And I, I, just, I thought of you guys. I mean, I laughed so hard at that, and people kind of looked at me like, "What's wrong with that?" Guy? <laughs> <laughs> Private joke. Uh, Glenn, what else is in this? Well, is you the one up. that had the other one? Uh, did I? Oh, San Diego uh, Comic Con. Yes, uh, San actually, Diego Comic Con. Uh, they have announced that uh, Doctor Who will be represented at San Diego Comic Con this year. And I got away from it. I should have pulled it up earlier, and I apologize because I get after you guys for doing this. Um, (laughs) They announced the details uh, this week, and uh, BBC America presents the Doctor Who 50th Anniversary Panel featuring Doctor Who stars Matt Smith and Jenna Coleman, award-winning lead lead writer, executive producer Stephen Moffat, and Adventure in Time and Space star David Bradley, and award-winning writer-slash-executive producer Mark Gatiss. So they'll all be there answering questions, and they'll have a nice little panel on the 50th anniversary, and, and maybe Matt will talk about uh, his leaving, and perhaps, perhaps there's been some speculation, and Sean even uh, postulated this, uh, that they might... Uh, make an announcement. Yeah, make an announcement of, of the next Doctor. So. What kind of announcement, Glenn? Like a casting announcement? A casting announcement <laughs> of the next Doctor. That's of the next Doctor. <laughs> They can make an announcement well, about already, the next Doctor all they want. He's coming. That's not it. I, 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 I don't didn't care. Didn't we already have that casting Oh, you mean he might be there? He might. Well, yeah, well, maybe. Oh. oh, oh but no, I mean, I just you have to say casting announcement. Because if you just say they might have an announcement about the next Doctor, it could be, yeah, he's going to be in the Christmas special. Oh. <laughs> There's an announcement for you. It's who like, the, that who the next Doctor there will be. There you go. That's the important okay, part of that. I got that. you. I got you. So. And maybe he would be there. That would be really kind of cool to be able to. It, it would make sense to present him. Imagine the room going nuts if it was something like, and now we present the next doctor, Robert Danny Stephen Fry. (laughs) (laughs) Fry. Trying to get in there. (laughs) Really, what what they ought to do just to mess with everybody is... Robert Downey Jr. David Morrissey. David Tennant. <laughs> no, David Morrissey. Oh, yeah. The he's next the doctor. Next doctor. Ah, I get it. That's because you guys are wanting get, to know who the next doctor is. He's probably going to be there for the, the next Walking Dead panel anyway. Uh, yeah, so yeah. He's oh, probably going to be, be at San Diego Comic Con. That would be awesome. <laughs> Here's the next doctor, David Morrissey. Everybody goes nuts. I don't know why you're all so excited. That was for something I did two years ago. And then slowly... <laughs> the realization would hit everybody. The, 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 the room quiets and goes... Oh, I get it. <laughs> <Boo>. <laughs> well, excuse me, I've got to go to Walking Dead. <laughs> That's all the news I had. Uh, but BBC has uh, announced an official convention again. The BBC, not BBC, the BBC. America. The, the BBC. The BBC. At London XL, Friday the 22nd, Saturday the 23rd, and Sunday the 24th of November. Those dates uh, don't work for me. I'm planning a big 50th Doctor Who shindig on that weekend. Well, that's what this is. Oh. <laughs> it's the official 50th celebration with dun, Matt Smith, dun, dun. Sylvester McCoy, Colin Baker, and Tom Baker. Ooh. And many other people. <laughs> and many 
meet other people. <laughs> well, behind the scenes people to talk about other stuff, you know. So four, six, seven, eleven. Yep. That's pretty cool. I'm jealous. Uh, yeah. I would totally. love to be there. That'd be so awesome. Oh. If any one of you in the UK have booked your tickets already, we would love to have some traveling Ooh. correspondence. <laughs> and there's even a limited edition TARDIS ticket. You should be our frog on the street. Gun's busy. He didn't get the But yeah, write in and tell us what's going on with that because that would be awesome. I don't. Do you think? Do you think British convention fans are as fanatical as American convention fans? From what I've heard, yeah. From what I've heard, they're not. Oh, really? Yeah. That did. In fact, you'll hear a lot of the actors will come over from the UK and they'll say, "We don't have this." I mean, we have conventions and people are fans and they come, but they're just not as fanatical as fans are here. The fans here are the true definite, true definition of fans. So. Hmm. Great or weird. <laughs> Standard tickets are forty-five pounds for adults and twenty for kids. Is that a lot? Double that. It's lower than uh, forty-five pounds would be a ninety dollars American. So it was lower roughly. than that uh, for the official convention last year, wasn't it? Yeah, or it was higher uh, than that. Higher than higher that. Than that. Yeah, th- yeah, this is lower for more people. They're making making sure that everybody. Well, has a access, lot of people bemoaned about the cost of it last year. Well, so. and it, yeah, because it was like ninety pounds. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Which is what the uh, ninety-five fifty is what the special uh, the limited edition ticket gets you, which also guarantees front row seats at the theater shows, a private lounge for use all day, drinks and light refreshments, and a special goodie bag with exclusive merchandise, which can, which can be collected on the day guests attend. Woot! Goodie bag. Goodie bag. I wonder what's in there. Goodies. <laughs> <laughs> and it looks like they're going to be adding more stuff. Of what's going on and possibly more guests. So, so what do you guys say? Feeling froggy? You want to hop a transatlantic? <laughs> right. The week before Thanksgiving. And the week before Chicago Tardis. And the week before Chicago. That's going to be a quick turnaround for Colin. Yeah. Well, he flies a lot though. So. Yeah. He was just in Australia somewhere doing something. So. Just <laughs> in Australia somewhere doing something. Yeah. I'm not his. I'm not his travel guide. I don't know. I don't keep track of the man. Just oh, he was down there for something. I was recently in Lawrence, somewhere doing something. I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> Other news: a children's laureate is writing the seventh Doctor ebook. A children's laureate? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mallory Blackman. Award. Huh? That's an official award. I found that out. Laureate is a title bestowed upon you by the literary yeah. circles, peoples. She's an award-winning children's laureate. I don't think you have to be. Literary laureate's not necessarily just literary, is it? I guess it it's is. Usually yeah. a, it's usually it's a poet laureate. Yeah. That's well, what it is. I've heard it as poet laureate, but... Well, yes, yes. Okay, I got you. The so art, would it be the, children's the, poet laureate? Well, I don't is, know if it's a poet laureate or not. She's the current children's laureate, laureate, laureate. Okay. until 2015. Right, And has written more than 50 books. There you go. There you go. That so makes more sense. So they, so they select somebody for a certain amount of time to be the laureate, and they go around, I think, and make speeches and, and stuff. I think it's actually bestowed, well, at least here in Kansas, because we don't have some of these things. It's been like the Arts Council that bestows those on. I don't know if that's the same. Everywhere. We don't have an Arts Council anymore. Well, it used to be the Arts Council. <laughs> that's, that's, I don't think we have laureates what, anymore. No, maybe that's what it is. We used to have an Arts Council. And this yes. is, yeah. We don't have that anymore. Yeah. Our governor got rid of that. Yeah. 
Our governor hates the arts. I don't know if and you're that. surprised that I'm an uncultured swine who's never heard <laughs> of the water babies. <laughs> well, that's pretty cool. So, yeah, it will include Ace and Daleks. So, should be exciting. <laughs> and a baseball bat, <laughs> please. Hope, hopefully, a uh, special weapons Dalek. Uh, yeah, Sean, have you got some? Oh, I don't know. That would be that would be a clash of the titans there. Ace and a baseball <laughs> bat versus special weapons Dalek. I don't think I could contain so much awesome. <laughs> I, I don't think I could read that story. It'd just be, you know, yeah. Sean, you got some information about the Doctors Revisited? Speaking of Daleks and uh, Ace. Oh, um, I do. I didn't know that I was responsible for that one. so it'll take I've got it right here if well, you want to. Why don't you take over that one? And you it'll be it. Remembrance of the Daleks. Yay. Saturday, the 27th of July. I am very excited. and you know, It's a great choice. It is a great choice. And I like the fact that this is the... This is the first Dalek story. Well, it's the first Dalek story, and if I'm not mistaken, isn't this the first one that's not available? Oh, uh, streaming? Well, Attack of the Cybermen, I guess, wasn't. Yeah, Attack wasn't. But Earthshock was. No. Well, not on Netflix, anyways. Oh, really? I think it's on Amazon Prime. I don't think it's on Netflix. Remembrance is for sure not on Netflix, so... Hold on, I'm checking now. Okay. Well, at any rate, I, I, I thought it was a great choice. And, uh, you know, if you're a Friday Night Who fan, yeah, you already watched it with us. But if you're not, then you get, apparently Brenda is excited because she's never had a chance to see it. So she tweeted that out. Well, yeah, she was uh, surprised that uh, there was finally one that, yeah, she they, they, that wasn't available that, anywhere. Well, well, which I was surprised that that's one that she hasn't seen. It's like, really? <laughs> Remembrance? <laughs> So, uh, spoilers, Brenda, there's this scene with Ace <laughs> and a baseball bat. You'll know when you get there. <laughs> it's awesome. There's been some debate whether it was a rounder's bat, but it was not. No, no, it's a, it's a flat-out aluminum Louisville slugger type. <laughs> Earthshock is not on Netflix. Earthshock's not on Netflix. So this is not the first one. But I suppose I shouldn't post that to Audioboo because that won't. The, the Daphne gift. That won't really it wouldn't translate well. Did you vine it? That what you just did? Did I vine it? I don't know. I just I've seen you post three different things now. Did I, I don't know. The phones are just going ring ring. Ding ding ring ring. Click. Yeah, you did just vine it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is that what I did? Oops. Yeah, no, he meant, I he, he meant to do that. <laughs> So anyway, yeah, Remembrance of the Daleks. What is the date? No, I don't like Instagram video. I like it better than mine. Yeah. What is the date uh, that, that is saying? The 27th of July. July. Because <laughs> it's the 7th Doctor. 7th month. Well, but we're doing it differently. <laughs> <laughs> we're doing it correctly. <laughs> we're doing it correctly? You think so? Huh? Yeah, I do think so. I don't know. It seems like... If the ru- and if the rumor's true, or the speculation's true, that, uh... A very happy recipient of the Make Something Fun for Daphne Ashbrook's Excellent Event Award since the two Tardis Toolkit Spares we, clear- we donated clearly weren't enough for how many fans wanted to participate. Hmm. Isn't that cool? Oh, he's, he's cool. retweeting. He's, 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 re- he's, he's posted on his he's Facebook posting page. on his yeah. Facebook page. He I got you. It. Brian, uh, hey Brian, how do you pronounce your name? <laughs> you should ask him that. Now that we're friends on Facebook, how do you say that? 
Uh, Brian just re- reposted, reposted my uh, post. Uh, so see, this is it's, it's crazy. These pe- the listeners are listening to this all happening. It's, it's it? like live. <laughs> it is. It's, it's, it's incredible. Incredible. I've never been so. this connected. It's like the social network. <laughs> <laughs> just like that. Yeah, it's just, just, just like just that. Like that. <laughs> ah. He's answered part of the question now, too. He also commented on my post on my Facebook page. Uh, great fun. The rest of the fabric will be going onto a suit to display with the screen uh, used uh, McGann console soon. That's what it says. The rest of the fabric will be going onto a suit to display with the screen used McGann console suit. So the one that they had the year that I was at Galley, which was the actual one, which I believe is now in residence at the uh, experience in Cardiff, they are making their own replica McGann outfit to have on display with the console. Ah, which is yes, where you're... You so so it, yes. that, that probably confirms that it's a replica, but it's still cool. Oh, it's super awesome. Yeah. yeah. No, we absolutely love it. Absolutely love it. All right. That's do we it. want to touch on the last bit of... I, I do and I don't. I, th- I think since we've kind of always said that it's not so much that we want to report the news, but we want to report our reactions to it, that I'm okay with talking about it. All right, that's true. Well, why don't you set that's it up? Because okay. you, you, you kind of brought it to our attention. Keith and I hadn't heard anything about it. Um, I missed this last week. I didn't find out until after we'd recorded. But the Castor Boris dot uh, 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 com is reporting that there was um, well a bit of a not so cool thing that happened uh, last week. Star Fury events. Uh, and I'm reading this from their website. Star Fury Events, who organize many conventions, including this weekend's Return to the 11th Hour, which would have been over the 4th of July weekend here in the States. Uh, so have, if anybody went to that and you want to send stuff... Yeah, let us know if you've got any feedback on that. Uh, have remarkably alienated a huge swath of their potential customers and thereby put their business at risk by inexplicably attacking former Doctor Who star Colin Baker on Friday. Now, this was posted June 30th. Um, Castorverse goes on, we wouldn't like to speculate on the atmosphere at the weekend's event, which Colin was not invited to, or what Colin was not involved with, pardon me, in light of this. And the official tweet from the official Star Fury Convention's Twitter account is, quote, he's going disguised as Colin Baker, fat, ugly, and gray. He just needs to go as himself, and everyone will think that Doc Number 6 has turned up. Now, I don't even get what they were trying to, uh, like, why. I, I don't know who. I don't know the conversation thread. I don't know who they were talking about was going as Colin Baker or going disguised as Colin Baker, or if they were talking about Colin Baker or maybe somebody asked, "Is Colin Baker going to be there?" And they said, "Yeah, he's going in disguise." I don't know what the. I, I have no idea. I really don't know if this was an attempt to be funny. Obviously, it failed miserably. Um, it's not. It's, it's not funny. It's, it's, at just, all. it's not, not at funny all. at all. It's not cute. It's not tongue in cheek. It's just mean spirited, and uh, and I got my hackles up. Um, to his credit, uh, Colin replied on Twitter, "Quote: I guess Star Fury events won't be inviting me ever. Then, at least being fat, ugly, and gray is better than being cowardly and unkind." And um, I just I, I I can't fathom what. How the wheels turn in some fans' heads. That well, especially at any, at any weight, this would be acceptable. This came from the official account for Starfury. Yeah, Dimensions, correct. Mm-hmm. 
That's in what that. capacity would you do that on an official thread yeah. and, and make some? I mean, just make fun of or poke fun at somebody that, or just be mean. Or, well, yeah, be mean spirited about something that. There's a. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I'm just, I'm just, you know, I know that obviously, you know, we all have access to the Traveling the Vortex Twitter handle, and I'm sure there are probably things that I've posted, which, you know, as you point out, sometimes were questionable on <laughs> <laughs> on that PG-13. But at no point in time would I like to think that I went so far, so blatantly over that line of no, of, I don't of, think of, you're of, right. of, no, of, no. of not only taste, but. But uh, content and material, and I, I don't get it. Now, you said that you looked up and Star Fury has apparently apologized. Star Fury has apologized there on their Twitter feed. Now, I think they've removed the tweet, the actual tweet, um, because that is not on this feed now. But they, they address Sawbones Hex, which is obviously, you know, uh, Collins' feed. And so they, they, they are a Twitter handle, so they addressed him directly. And it said, uh, it's, uh, I wish I had it up still. But it had something to the point of. Uh, I apologize immensely for the for the post, and, and that I should think before. Uh, sincerest and apologies for the thousand, thoughtless posts in the future. I shall think before I type. So, there's at least that, but it's still, you know, it would sour me on on enough now, even with an apology, that I I, I probably would avoid a Star Fury convention. I won't go. Does that, does that say it. when it was posted? The first tweet was posted. The first tweet was posted on um, whatever the date Friday was before. Uh-huh. This was posted June thirtieth, so I don't know. I have to look at the calendar there. Well, they, they apologized the twenty eighth. Do do do. So the 28th was Friday. So they apparently apologized right after. Yes. Well, I'm sure as soon as it was re- responded to by Colin himself. Well, and well, he didn't at them in his tweet. Oh, he did. Yeah, no, he didn't. Oh. He didn't at them. Um, this is, I, I don't know if this is interesting or sad or what. Uh, according to the, the screen cap post here that Castaboris has up, the Star Fury convention comment got two likes. Ooh. Which I don't quite get. Maybe this was a Facebook post instead of a Twitter post. I just went through their Facebook. It wasn't on there. But there's a little too, like thumbs up thing, which I don't get. But then Colin's reply has 148 retweets and 155 favorites. So I, I, <laughs> the, the, the little spat of the words, I think, obviously came down in his favor. And then the Castaboris um, comment thread is full of how dare they and, and you know, just incensed fans, which I, you know, I'm kind of glad to see that the fans are. Oh just yeah, fans. absolutely. But just absolutely. at what point does picking on a 70 year old actor become fun? Yeah, I, I, I don't. I, I don't just, get that. And the sad thing is, Collins. Unfortunately, of all the Doctor, the actors who have played the Doctor, Colin has always just throughout history gotten the worst of of it. From the tumultuous time that he was on there to you know, and and he's he has always been one of the most. Picked one of on? the best. Well, but he, but he, yes, he's always been one of the most picked on, and not not to fault of his own most of the time. Oh, no. and, but he is he continues to be such an ambassador for the series, and I just through I, all of it, that's through what the make, bad yeah. times, through the wilderness years, through the that's what makes that impress me the most about the man, and and really is is endearing to fans that that 
somebody would do that after being, you know, picked on, beat up so much for all these years. But he just unwarranted. I know. My, my, you know, my, my humble, unofficial, not affiliated with not traveling the, the vortex the opinion. Shame on you, Star yeah, Fury. Absolutely. And no, I will not be parting with any of my hard-earned pounds or rubles or wherever you happen to wind up. <laughs> I will not support your events. That's what I have to say about it. We can't do much because I think we determined they're a UK-based well, convention. I, someday I'll go. And someday I'll say, no. <laughs> nope. Nope. On that day, I'll post a little Vine video of me outside the convention going, I flew all the way over <laughs> here <laughs> for this convention and found that it was Star and Fury. And I'm not going. And instead, I'm going to spend my dollars on the Wonder Wheel. Gosh, I'd hope you knew it was Star Fury before you paid so much to go over to... The Wonder Wheel? What's the Wonder the, Wheel? The, 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 the eye. The eye. The, 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 the Ferris eye. wheel. The Ferris oh, wheel. that big giant Ferris big wheel giant that the Ferris consciousness was using to yeah, broadcast yeah. the signal. I'll go it. see that before I go see a structure. Uh, the Wonder Wheel. Is that what That's actually not, I would totally, I don't know what it's called. <laughs> the, 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 one, the one in Coney Island is called the Wonder Wheel. Oh, oh, oh. It's, 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 a, it's a Ferris wheel. The London Eye. The London yeah, I Eye, right I think, is the official name of it. I shouldn't compare that because I would go see the London Eye anyway. It's not like it's, it's not like that's a detrimental. I'd go see that before I go to Star Fury. Well, I'm trying Star to think of something. You, well, what's the next best thing? Well, there is the London Eye. Yeah, I'm trying to think of something detrimental in England that it, you know the Wonder Wheel. Maybe they have a Wonder Wheel. Maybe they have a Wonder Wheel. You Maybe it's really that. bad. <laughs> well, it was it was the the Wonder Wheel. The, the UK Wonder Wheel was the premier Ferris wheel in. Look, You're making it was this it up. was gorgeous. It was so like, making this and, up. and people went there by the droves, and they'd take their sweethearts and they'd ride it. And, was it. and then some nut went and built the London Eye and overshadowed <laughs> the Wonder Wheel. And now the Wonder Wheel can't get anybody to come, and it's it's a really sad story. They're making a documentary on it. Actually, here's here's a, here's a fun story for you. Um, the the Ferris wheel. I, I it's named not, after a man named Ferris. It, it is. Yes, I know. <laughs> In Chicago. Yes. As part of the World's Fair. Yes. I did not know that oh. until I went to Chicago. That's a fun story. It is a fun story. <laughs> I never cared that much about Ferris wheels. It was... Am- I don't like them. Well, this one was amazing, and I wish that it... I wish that somebody somewhere would reconstruct this thing, because it was not your typical... You have the cart that goes around on the outside of the wheel part. It had the cart, and then as it traveled up, the cart would actually roll through on a set of tracks in the middle of the wheel and kind of zigzag its way up as things were rolling around. Mm-hmm. It was an amazing erector set type of construction thing, yeah. and uh, I get very interested in technical things that I don't understand, and so that really appealed to me. <laughs> I'm honest. I, yeah, I, I, yeah. You know, it's, it's, I go to roller coasters, and when I'm standing in line waiting for my chance to ride something, I'm looking at the gigantic bolts that are holding the, the pillar speaking down. And it's like, that's Speaking cool. of roller coaster, named, named after John Roller. <laughs> I hate you, Kenny. <laughs> no? No, uh-huh. his last name was John Coaster. Everybody knows that. <laughs> anyway. All right. What do we got for feedback? Should we address the elephant? <laughs> I think we're going to have to because we'll get feedback well, next we, week we of where was the feedback there, there is no feedback song this week. I was working all weekend for the sale, and I kind of sort of had something planned and couldn't do it justice, so I decided I will postpone that until next week. And I'm sorry. I think Johnny Carson was not on the air every night. I'm entitled to a weekend <laughs> off as well. So, so what he's saying is it, it, because he already has part of it done and he wanted more time to work on it, he's going to knock our socks off next week. It would be 
phenomenal. <laughs> I don't know. I had three weeks to work on the phenomenal 2001 version, powers. and everybody hated it. So what do I know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. But oh, to be my own genie. <laughs> So let's to not uh, have to go, poof, what do you need? Poof, what do you need? Poof, what do you need? <laughs> uh, first up, Chrissy. Her subject line is, nothing can be eternal. Dear Vortex Boys. Not even the Eternals? Apparently not. Did they die at the end of that one? It didn't some of their ships blow up? Yeah, but they just reconstituted and went on. They never really addressed it. Are you talking about enlightenment? Yeah. Yeah. No, they really I, I missed. They that. obviously went on because they were. Well, there I missed the, that week. They I don't remember where we were the, going, but I missed that week. And they ran. Oh, the special edition. Yeah, they ran from the time war. Remember, they, so they were still around. So well, the Eternals can I, be. I, I don't think all of the Eternals were in the, the Enlightenment race. <laughs> so I think that was no, just I, a select. It was every one of them. Every nope. single every Eternal. Single one of them. <laughs> Five. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm. <laughs> It's a very wild, it's a very weird night. <laughs> it is a weird, weird night, just, isn't it? We're just slightly we're a few degrees off center. But it's, yeah, it it's not a bad thing. It's been fun. Oh, she writes, dear Vortex Boys, John Coaster, Sean, <laughs> you should put together a compilation of your feedback songs on a special download. Oh yeah, you could have done a best of tonight. They Sean. get better every week, barring that <laughs> a medley. <laughs> <laughs> Barring that, you could give the Oopcast a call and offer your talent. I did. They don't want me. Oh, I'm stuck with the Vortex Boys. Hey. <laughs> well, you're not good enough for the know, that's, that's, that's exactly that's what they said. I said you're part of that Vortex thing, aren't you? I don't know about that. <laughs> You'd be dragging our podcast down into that PG-13 rating. I'm not sure we're ready for that. <laughs> Uh, she continues with, I don't know if you've seen the picture of the, of the TARDIS console from an adventure in time and space at Paris Comic Con. I'm sure it's in your news list. Doctor Who had a whole write-up about it. But I guess there was another panel at that convention with Mark Gatiss, and he showed production stills of the cast. And there's a picture of David Bradley and Claudia Grant as William Hartnell and Carol Ann Ford, respectively, on set. It'd be really impressive to see them reversed. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we, uh, we we did. We looked we saw at those uh, pictures. some of those pictures. We we haven't retweeted them or, re- we or reposted them. We, we were just talking about them right before we recorded. Yeah, I don't exactly know why we didn't include that in our news. <laughs> have you have you seen the pictures of the set of the console? I, I did actually. I saw that earlier on in the week. I think. Yeah, that came out yeah. early this week. It's pretty impressive, and it's weird to see that console in color. It is weird to see it in because color. it's not. It's kind it's, of a bluish. Yeah. So if if it's a true representation, that means the console did change once Perch we take over. Like there, there's been references to it's been the same console, right? Right. But it, it definitely would not be this console if it's a true recreation. Yeah, because when we get to the color ones, it's white. It's white. Yeah. Know, unless they've repainted it. I mean, I guess the doctor could have gotten bored and just. <laughs> well, let's make it white now. Two coats of paint. Let's whitewash it. <laughs> when I saw the pictures on Twitter, I pretty much had to pick up my jaw off the floor because the whole thing looked absolutely stunning. We thought so too. Especially the pictures of uh, the two actors, I thought. She continues I could have sworn I was looking at a photograph of the actual production of Doctor Who back in the 1960s rather than a recreation of the scene 50 years later. 
Kudos to the and kudos and props to the cast and crew of this special. If the actual 50th anniversary com- uh, completely tanks, which I highly doubt, but you never know, this docudrama will make it all worth it. Here's a link to the pictures if you haven't seen them yet. And it really makes you do a double take. And she also includes links to Blogger Who's coverage of the Paris Comic Con. So we'll make sure to include those in our show notes. I'm adding those in the notes as we speak. I had something I was going to say to the, that paragraph, and I forgot now. <laughs> train of thought left at the station. Yeah, I had no idea what it was. Okay, she continues. It's the sixth Doctor month at Traveling the Vortex, so naturally it's time for reviews. The Mysterious Planets. The Trial of the Time Lord gets off to a pretty solid start. The framing device of a trial on Gallifrey. Okay, it's really a space station orbiting Gallifrey, I think works really well with this particular story. It's also nice to see how the Doctor and Perry's relationship has softened up since the previous season. I believe there was an 18-month hiatus between Revelation of the Daleks and this story, so it had been a while since Doctor Who had been on TV. It seems like enough time has passed off-screen that they became used to each other, and that gives us an added bonus of Big Finish getting to come in and do some stories with Six and Perry. Glitz and Dibber are absolutely fantastic. They seem to have some backstory that would be really neat to see. I think next year at Galley, we should corner Nicholas Briggs and ask him why those two don't have a big finished spinoff the way Django and Lightfoot do. Mm -hmm. I would totally listen to a Glitz and Dibber audio series. Anyway, Mysterious Planet, thumbs up. Prisoners of Time 6. The plot continues to thicken, doesn't it? At first, I thought Frobisher was just there as a nod to him being a spin-off companion. But it turns out he's actually a plot point for the entire series. Now the big question is, what happened to the real Perry? The story was pretty good. We got appearances from the Autons and the Master. And there's also a colonized Antarctica in the future. Yeah, I like this one. I don't have a lot to say about it other than that. That's all for me. Talk to you later, Chrissy. Are you going to post the, show, the, the link in the show notes to these Blockter Who pictures of the, of the console? <laughs> we just talked about this, Sean, oh while you were gone. God, these are phenomenal. <laughs> <laughs> had you seen those before? I had not seen these before. I'd seen just the two that we, we talked about earlier, like pre-show, but not the actual console ones. It's really impressive. Moose, you've got your work cut out for you. <laughs> <laughs> I have seen the future, and it is 1963. <laughs> I have seen the future, and it's in the past. Oh, my iPad crashed. Oh, all right. Uh, next up is Holly. Holly Mac writes number one thirty-two, Trial of the Time Lord, the Mysterious Planet. What show number are we on? One thirty-two. What's the actual number of Trial of the Time Lord, Mysterious Planet? Is she referencing us, or is she? Referencing She's referencing us because this is one forty-four. Oh. Wow, that would have been weird. <laughs> I'd have got so much credit for that, but no. Because each one of them would have been <laughs> followed. Because yeah. yeah. we're doing them on sequence. That would have lined up. I should have waited. 144? What did I put wait? us at? October? November? Yeah, that would have put us up right We'd have been out the of the sixth <laughs> Doctor Era. Yeah, yes. They would have put us up right against the 50. That wouldn't work. Oh, well. All right. Hey, guys. An interesting start for the season. The first appearance of Glitz, he's a very interesting mix of smuggler and scoundrel. I don't blame the Doctor in the least for wanting to defend himself while on trial after some of the things his fellow Time Lords have done to him. 
The Immortal is an interesting robot, to say the least. He was right that the Doctor was trying to escape, but I also think the Doctor was right as well about the power source getting ready to explode. How, how was it pronounced? Katrika. Katrika, thank you. Katrika, Murden, Belazar, and the other dwellers in this version of Earth were interesting. Although I do have to agree with Death Drathro that his two blonde assistants could be draining on the nerves. <laughs> the Doctor's ribbing at the Valyard was somewhat humorous, and I could see his points as well. And the Inquisitor's growing anger at both the Doctor and the Valyard trying to one-up each other in front of her to rule in their favor. Looking forward to seeing where this is headed and everyone else's thoughts on this story. Holly from Wisconsin. And thank you, Holly. Thanks, Holly. Absolutely. Well, that's all of our feedback this week. Yeah, we didn't get a, a lot. A light so, week. Yeah, it was a light week. But thank you for writing in. And uh, well, let's move on to uh, our so review. Which one do we want to do first? Mysterious Planet. Mysterious Planet. The Doctor is on trial for his life. Plucked out of time and space by the Time Lords, he is charged with tran- transgressing the first law of time. He must defend himself against the prosecution led by the sinister Valyard. The trial begins as the Time Lords review an adventure from the Doctor's recent past. The setting is Ravalox, where the Doctor and Perry find themselves caught in the conflict between the warrior between a warrior tribe, a pair of intergalactic conmen, and a godlike robot. But deep beneath the surface of the mysterious planet lie secrets that threaten the very fabric of the universe. And to protect them, drastic measures have been taken that will shock the Doctor to his very core. Dun, dun, dun! (laughs) It was good. It was good. It's probably one of the most enjoyable Six Doctor movies or episodes I've seen. Yeah, that's that's my take on it as well. Um, I've never made any secret that I'm not a big fan of the Six Doctors television era. Um, there are some in there that I really enjoy. Um, I think Vengeance of Varus was one of the one of the better ones. Uh, and then there's one, and Two Doctors to a certain degree is good. Um, there's so much to want to like. Yeah, exactly. That <laughs> yes, that's what it boils down to. Um, but Mysterious Planet is one of those that that I I thoroughly enjoy, and I enjoy it every time I've, I've watched it. Um, it's engaging. The story is very well paced. You don't ever feel like it's dragging or getting boring. Yeah, It's an interesting concept, although a bit tropish, but having the surface dwellers and the uh, underworlders and the fact that the underworlders are there because they think you know, you can't it's, it's on inhabitable surface. on the surface and the surface uh, dwellers obviously have a, a misconception of, of what's going on down beneath them, even though the majority of them came from there. It's kind of Wellsian. It is very well deep, yeah. <laughs> um, not, not as much so as... Uh, <laughs> not as much so as... Uh, uh, what did we watch last week? Uh, the Ark. But, um, yeah, it's just... Uh, it's enjoyable. And, and and the Doctor and Perry, I agree with, I think it was Chris, he said they've, they've certainly gotten used to each other now. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they play off each other really well. Unfortunately, they took this long to get used to each other. But... Um, I think the Doctor in this one is the most uh, upbeat of the ones we've watched. Upbeat, enthusiastic, um, fun. He's probably the closest incarnation to how he is in the Big Finish audios. I think he's, he's the yeah. most like that that type of Doctor that we enjoy so much in the Big Finish audios. Um, he's just... he He's 
while he still kind of has that arrogance, he also has a bit of that fun, and it, and it comes uh, it comes across both in the story of the mysterious planet, and it comes across in the the interlinking uh, trial scenes as well. Mm-hmm. And the so bits that, where he's ogling the uh, the security monitor, mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. And, and 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 you know that that's right out of something I can see Tom Baker doing. That yes, just kind of absolutely. off the cuff. <laughs> absolutely, we're going to go this direction for a little bit. The scenes where he's just ripping into the valley yard up yeah. one side and down the other well, for being when he know. makes a comment he calls him the farmyard at one time <laughs> and he calls him uh, something else yard uh, stockyard stockyard yeah it's just it's hilarious and very but very yeah very fourth doctors and I, I uh, speaking of the fourth doctor I love the the point where he becomes he's he's coming and uh, he's becoming conscious after oh, being knocked out by the uh, the uh, um, the rover robot that everybody <laughs> thinks is the immortal the and uh, yeah. Oh yeah, and then so he he you know he's coming to and he actually calls Perry Sarah Jane. Yeah, <laughs> he's well, been and, disoriented and and then shortly thereafter we get the Jelly Babies. Yeah, we get and, and, and the Jelly Babies surface when they're searching his pockets and they keep pulling stuff out. Continue to pull stuff out. Continue <laughs> to pull stuff out. And then he all yeah he he pulls the the Jelly Babies out and he grabs it back from him and then he offers one to him. I love that. And then it's kind of such a nice little like, nods and not just because they're. Similar to the the uh, fourth doctor, but because they go there with it, and uh, Colin doesn't miss a beat. No, it's just, oh, he's, he's so he's, good in this entire he's so right on. So the, the the success of Mysterious Planet, I think, can pretty much solely be rested on Colin's shoulders. That they they came up with a good story. They did, and but then they, and then they put the trial framework on and then top they put, of it. Yeah, they put the trial framework around, which a lot of people didn't like originally. You, well, there's a lot of reviews out there that kind of go, the trial actually gets in the way of what would have been well, an enjoyable Who story. I, I agree with to that an extent, to an I agree. extent. Um, because because we don't get some resolution that we need. Well, you go because you know, yet courtroom yet. dramas <laughs> in the middle of a science fiction series are always you know. A good Spot idea. On. That's a great idea. Yeah. Yeah, well, there are moments in the confrontation in the trial scene. Overall, and we'll discuss this when we get to the overall arc, overall, the trial both works and doesn't work, in my opinion. But hmm. you're not taken out of it as much in this one as you, you are later on. Oh. And it becomes integral later as to why. But, yeah. yeah Col- Colin was fantastic. Um, Perry does a great job. Perry. This was written by Robert Holmes, we should mention. So. It's his last one, yeah. actually, too. Mm-hmm. As well as last complete serial that he wrote. And I Doctor think that's Hill. why we get a lot of the references, especially to the Fourth Doctor, and, and and you know, and I think that's why it, it's it's paced well. Well, and the Doctor has a lot of great lines. Well, and Wiki commented that um, it's in a way very similar or derivative, depending on how you want to look at it, to um, Robert Holmes' first story, The Crotons. Because you have this malevolent intelligence ruling the mm-hmm. planet, pulling the the intelligent ones mm-hmm. to come into the special room and, and that's run the computers. Yeah, that's absolutely that true. They're, they're which I wouldn't have caught if I no, read I, that. No, I hadn't thought of it until you said that. Um, but I, I, it, this, once again, really shows what a, a writer like Bob Holmes, I mean, just we could talk Bob all day <laughs> as somebody who knows the material. And this is what you get when you have somebody writing it who knows what they're doing. And, you know. Yeah, I don't care that it might be slightly similar to Crotons. I think it had a completely different flavor. It does, does. absolutely it does. to it than, than maybe Cause, that one does. Because the, the basic skeleton, you can take that skeleton and make twenty different versions of the same story, and it can be different enough. Yeah, it doesn't matter what the base skeleton is. Um, 
I loved Michael Jaston. He did a really good performance. And I'm very intrigued by his character. It was very difficult for me. I, I, I was telling Keith this at Friday Night Who, and I, I feel a little weird because Trial of the Time Lord came on about the time that I was getting out of Doctor mm-hmm. Who. It was on, and I was aware of it, and I knew that there was this new guy playing the Doctor, but I wasn't really devoting a lot of attention to it at the time. And so, for some reason, I am 90% certain that I have seen all of the trial bits from Trial of the Time Lord. And I don't remember anything of the individual stories. <laughs> <laughs> I was watching this literally with a, my own fresh pair of eyes mm. because I don't remember any of it. I don't remember the robot. I don't remember uh, uh, Dibber. I don't remember. But man, I remember the Valyard. I remember the Inquisitor. I remember all that stuff <laughs> in, in that court. And I, I, there was a part of me that kind of remembered at the time thinking, wow, it's a one set story mm-hmm. you know it's, it's like it's like it's a model show it really is it's, it's oh, like it feels something. that way because i mean while we have the outdoor scenes we have a lot going on in that underground and then and that main tunnel area where they come in to where it's actually the london underground <laughs> but i i thoroughly enjoyed it i thought it was a, i thought it was a great story and we, we we had a couple of comments from people that uh, when we were like oh we're watching this for friday night who there were a couple of people out there who were like oh that's not a very good one or oh it's terrible mm-hmm. or oh it's this and I, I'm always reluctant. Did they watch the same thing we did? I, I'm always reluctant to chime in with people when they say things like this because there is that fan perception that Talon's Wen Chang is great. No, it isn't. I'm mm-hmm. sorry, guys. It really isn't. And so I think a lot of those same people that go, this is great, turn around and look at things like this and go, this is terrible. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I disagree 100%. I, there's, I, I think it's enjoyable. I think there are a few plot Missteps. There are some things wrong with the structure of the story. Well, Perry's sorely underused. That is one of them. The others are, are more <laughs> storytelling uh, aspects, but you know, one of the fact that we don't get a resolution. But that's going to come later. Mm-hmm. So it's stuff that you can't necessarily pick apart because it really wasn't meant to it's... be an independent story. It was mm-hmm. meant to be the first part of a, a whole yeah. season-long entity. So maybe that's where they were were going with it. That it just didn't. Oh, it doesn't make any sense. I don't know. But well, I disagree with them. I think it's also without giving anything away. Yeah, tiptoe carefully. <laughs> yeah, I will because yeah. I, I mean, I'm on my third go round now on Trial of the Timeline. And you stay off the interweb. Yeah. I haven't been looking okay. at all. So, but at first glance, when you see this, it it feels a little bit like oh, they did a Doctor Who episode and then they decided to write this. It almost, it almost feels like around it. we need four episodes, and we only have enough main plot for three, so we're going to do the trial to fill out the rest of the uh, way. It, gets, it, yeah, it, it comes that. across that way. It yes. comes across that way. Um, yes. Later, <laughs> there's a payoff. I and, would, and, I would and, hope and, so. <laughs> and a, oh, there was more thought put behind this. But it, it comes across that way, and I can see where a lot of people might feel that it does that, but it, uh, when you've seen the entire run of Trial of the Time Lord, it it, it pays off. It certainly does. The next one doesn't so much, but no, it's the next one after that. The third one. <laughs> yeah, the third one doesn't so much. But. Terror of the Vervoids yes. does not. No, because it's it Mind Warp. Terror of the Vervoids and an ultimate it is mind foe. Warp. Okay, yeah, no, Mind Warp's the one that. Eh. <laughs> <laughs> I liked. Um, well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to nitpick a little bit. The some of the characters in this felt derivative and cliche. Um, I think so the, the, the queen of the tribal people mm-hmm. um, 
hey, it's a woman. Okay, full props for that. You know, because it could have very easily been king of the tribal people. <laughs> but I like the fact that, that, that she was there. Um, I jokingly called her the... Um, Merida. Merida from uh, Brave. Hmm? Brave. Yes. The Disney movie. Yes. The, what about with the, with the, This is her 10 oh, years down the road. 10 years down the road. Maybe a bit more than 10. <laughs> maybe 20, 30. Because <laughs> Merida's like 14. Oh, well, then 40 ish. <laughs> uh, but she's got that same kind of, you know, hard living to her. And she has kind of a similar style and look. Similar hair style. <laughs> uncontrollable. She's a bit under. Hair. She's a bit underused as well because there's like there's this great setup for her storyline or her her reason for being there, and then they dispatch of her in the third story. So yeah, I could see that. It well that and the surprisingly, I was like, wow, I, they like, really did that. Yeah. So that and the 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 robot, the immortal. That it, it seems like there should have been more to what was going on with this. I mean. So many episodes we get dropped in the middle of something that's going on, but this one really felt like the robot was here for a bigger purpose than I monitor things and make sure they, you know, everything stays okay. And oh, by the way, my power source is unstable and could cause an explosion that's going to destroy everything. Well, he, he was he was constantly referencing waiting for a pickup or something. Right. So it's like it's like they were there on accident. And again, and I'm, I'm was... hoping that this is one of those things that will get paid off in in the later episode. It's just, I, I know that some of the mystery is resolved. I don't know that all of it is. No, it, it's, uh, it's not. It's, okay. it's not. There's nuggets of it, but no. See, I, I just got the impression that they crashed there on accident, and he's just been stuck down there and waiting for a rescue team. Am I not right about that? I'd have to watch it again, quite honestly. <laughs> I, uh, I honestly... I, it's... I it's was slightly a, distracted through some of the story. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. You're. Yes. You're sort of right. It's a machine. What went on Friday night? Katrina again. <laughs> this time it was she's opening so and closing. Me. Uh, yeah. It's because uh, I actually let her play with the computer. I see. Well, she's she's gone full circle. From she running is. and screaming from you every time. Well, he, you walk she doesn't run and scream from me anymore either. So. Um, but you're right in that perception to a point. It, it, it is a machine that's continually running. Because it believes it's doing what it needs to protect the the device, or well, no, the, the the it's there in order to sustain life for the uh, under the underground, underground even though it's not needed, anymore. right? It's not, but it doesn't realize that, and there's some of that self awareness there that's going on, and then you have that because it's so reclusive. And doing its thing that that people on the outside that don't understand it have have raised it up to a godlike structure. So yeah, yeah I, I didn't ever get the impression it was waiting for. Well, there, there were several. I got the impression of, it was waiting for further orders. Okay, yes. I could see that, but not necessarily that somebody was going to come rescue them or pick them the, up. The it was team, just yeah, it was just waiting for further orders, and it had been so long that it wasn't getting any that it it was bringing the. Most intelligent because it it realized that it couldn't. There were certain basically it didn't have human error. It didn't have trial and error. That and that's why it brought yeah. the, the two fair haired kids in there so that they could be that element of um, intuition or what I think that's what the doctor called it was intuition or uh, imagination. No, it wasn't that. It was a uh, thinking outside the box. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The 
don't remember exactly how how he described it, but yes. But it's it's interesting. And it's interesting that um, Glitz and Dibber are there too. I love them. I no, love they them. were so they're, they're the highlight of this. And, and, and that's why yeah, I think Perry kind of takes a back seat. It's because these two are so strong and so great. Well, and again, so ri- written so I mean, well. We've too. got the guest star coming in, and now the companion has to kind of yeah. you know be shuffled to the back. But we, we've got these two there to steal the secrets uh, from this base. Unfortunately, the robot happens to be in the way, <laughs> so their whole bit is, "Well, if we blow this up, he won't power anymore, and then we can just walk in and take yeah. it." And man, it sure doesn't go easy on that front. <laughs> everything else that's going on for him. So, black light. Oh, we've got tons of black light back on the ship. Yeah. <laughs> Low cunning beats intelligence. <laughs> I really hate competition. <laughs> um, Balazar. I love the character of Balazar. I like the idea of, especially when, when I, I, I like his doctor progression. first gets there and he keeps calling him the old one. <laughs> and they introduce Balazar as the reader. He's the one that reads the text, the ancient texts. And, uh, of course, we, we talked a little bit earlier in the show when we, we started the show about the, the, the ancient texts being Moby Dick and Water Babies and UK, UK habitats. habitats of the Canadian Goose, yep. <laughs> which are fantastic. Um, but I'm so glad that those three titles survived. Yes. <laughs> and he essentially gets liberated. Well, not liberated. He gets basically sent to the surface by the one guy that's on the inside that's trying to get people out to the freedom camps. And so the story goes on, and then he comes back and gets recaptured. And then he just becomes the comedic element from that point on, which I thought was a weird turn, because when they're in the food replicator, or the rude, no, it's not a replicator, the food processor that that, that, sends the food out so that people can survive, and they cut in through the back way, and he's in there, and when... The, the 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 robot the immortal decides that you know they're they're coming through we need to do something about it and the <laughs> Bowser's the one that looks up the the thing and the glop comes down in his face and something else happens to well, him it that seems I think. like that moment it, was only there for the doctor to make his joke at the end yes exactly you know, it was and like so, ah, that's a little weak yeah and, <laughs> you know and there was another moment maybe that's what I'm thinking of was well, the, that the explosion that goes off and he kind of gets that. Throw down. Oh the, yes, yes, that's what know. it was. Yeah, it just it, he just became this weird, awkward, comical moments in a, in a time in the story where we didn't need the comical mm-hmm. moments. It was it was it's completely unnecessary. And maybe but it's part of that is because Glitz and, and Dibber are going to change from being our lighthearted, funny. They were never were lighthearted, but the funny. Duo that are making the the quips to the two guys that are trying to make off, you know, the cunningly try to make off with the secrets. Well, and they, so they become like a threat. Really, it, that, that's at what that I mean. Point. Threats, and, yes. and, and, and despite the fact that they're still comical, they're still <laughs> but, but funny, but they're not. They're, they're comical, and, and, and but they were the threat to begin with. I mean, he when we were introduced to them, the doctor's in his. That's true. He was trying and, to kill sight, So it's. I, I didn't think it was out of character for the two because they, no. they've been doing that the entire time. And if you'll notice, there's some growth there, too, there with, with Glitz. Because when he ties the Doctor and Perry and uh, Balzar up... Oh, was it Balzar? It was the other guy, the, the main... Meridine? Um, Meridine. When they tie them up, as he's leaving, he tells the Doctor what type of knot he used. Yeah. And the Doctor gets out really quick. So to me, that was a... I respect you now. I'm working with you. I'm still doing my thing. 
but you need to do your thing. So I'm getting the robot out of here. You can do what you need to do now. Yeah. And not realizing what the consequence is, obvious because it, it destroyed the <laughs> immortal and the secrets. But um, but then the doctor getting out of the not. So I don't think that was the doctor being clear. Oh, well, I've just thwarted you because I can figure yeah, out. No, 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 no. I think there it was, was more glint saying yeah, that glint of you know. This is not a use, by the way. Yeah. So, so Glitz's character grows, and you become uh, you're you're more rooting for him as as it goes on. So he's less of the mercenary. He's he's on solo. Oh yeah, pretty much. That's really what it boils down to. Well, I thought Balazar had nice, some nice growth, despite the being used for comic elements he too. Did, but I think that's that's the problem I had with it is the fact uh, that he the, was the, the bigger were. problem. And then was growing, and then and he kind of defaults back to how he was at the beginning, at the exactly. very end. And then it's like, why? It's. But I really liked up until the comedic moments. I mm-hmm. thought, yeah, his I thought character so growth was I interesting so and very fascinating, and how he just accepts all this stuff so gracefully <laughs> when it's a lot of it's going against his entire yeah. belief structure. Mm-hmm. It's, I was impressed by that part. Meridine, the uh, actor that played him, is mm-hmm. uh, Tom Chadbon, mm-hmm. who previously appeared in City of Death. Duggan! I thought oh. he looked familiar. Oh. I totally thought he looked familiar, and it didn't, it, uh, it didn't even occur to yeah, me. Me either. I had the same reaction. It was like, surely this guy's been in Doctor Who I kept looking at the guy going, he looks like me. He looks so entirely familiar to me. Bye-bye, Duggan. So there's that. I want to... This is one of the things I think is... Now, obviously, this particular serial had a very difficult gestation and birth period due to everything that was going on behind the scenes. Um, 85, BBC announced, Doctor Who's canceled. There will be no 23rd season. Everybody gets up in arms. The press gets up in arms. Fans get up in arms. Doctor in Distress comes out. Where did you get that the BBC said they would cancel it? I'm getting this from Wiki. Okay. Because it's my understanding that the the BBC never, ever actually said they were canceling it. That was the... That's what was projected by the fact that they... The, the, the Doctor Who was never ever announced to be cancelled. Even correct. in the wilderness years it was never announced that it would be cancelled. It was just the BBC never said that there would be a 23rd they, season. Does they, that make sense? According to this, it's the BBC announced the planned 23rd season of Doctor Who had been cancelled and it was only after vocal protests they announced the program was merely on hiatus and hiatus. return. Okay, yeah, yeah. So a little bit of tap dancing going on. But in, in any case, they, they came out initially and said, we're not doing a 23rd season. And, right. Oh, we are going to do it, but it won't be until next year. So we've got okay, this, this so month probably the, the strong word. That's the strong by word. By saying we ha- we're not doing a 23rd season. Yeah. yeah. But that's how Sorry, people, people interpreted it. As so it we, we watched just a little bit of the behind-the-scenes documentary, uh, and, and Colin had a fantastic comment because they, they, they looked at it and they said, uh, you know, we were trying to come up with something, you know, snazzy and epic and cool. And the so-and-so at the time said, well, you're, you're kind of on trial at the BBC, right? Well, yeah. Well, there you go. Do a trial. And they thought, oh, yeah, we'll do this life imitates art or art imitates life thing. Mm-hmm. And that'd be cool. And they cut to Colin and he's going, so we're doing a trial. Risky. <laughs> <laughs> As if to say, do you really want to bite the hand that feeds you now that you've gotten the show back? Which I thought was wonderful. So I, I, this is what I want to know. I want to put, put yourself in John Nathan Turner's shoes. You've got 
van behind you. You've got the press going, no, we want Doctor Who, despite the fact that it's gotten a little silly. You get that resurrection. It's 18 months later, but you've got the opportunity. What's the very first thing you do? You commission a model shot of a space station for 8,000 pounds. The most expensive special effect ever to date. It looks gorgeous. And it does look gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous. (laughs) What was the thought process behind that? I'll show you. We're going to spend a lot of money. I don't know. I, it, maybe maybe that was the intent, was if you give me the money, I will put something on that you will go, oh, wow. Well, and, and I wonder if that was part of Jonathan Nathan Turner's intention was, okay, we've got to really wow the BBC yeah. here. Yeah. But then on the flip side, by doing a trial story, as you said, and, and Colin, <laughs> Colin saying, yeah, that's risky, you know, because now, yeah, you're, you're, you're biting the hand that feeds you. I also wonder how much of this played into the fact that, I mean, JNT was done. He was ready to be done doing Doctor Who, and in fact, already at this point, was go- yeah. But he was he, oh, I guess he yeah, was, this is he was tired of it. He was ready for somebody to take over. Begrudgingly went into this and and did this one, thinking this would be his last season. And then when McCoy came about, it was and they and they revamped everything. The BBC essentially said, "No, you're our guy. You have to do it." So I, it just makes me wonder. If part of the eight thousand dollar <laughs> model well, shot, if I do this, they're going to fire me. Ah, that's not a good idea. <laughs> Maybe J and T's not who we want. Really. Well, but this—I just—I—I—I—I I, 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 want to know: Is this the sign of genius, or is it madness? Is this the? It's just so crazy but that it might work. About or, T, it's probably a lot of yeah. both. <laughs> I, he's such an interesting guy. I can't wait to go back and recap everything that went on during this tenure because right. it's, it's, it's just crazy. Um, I also thought it was really interesting. They, they have a comment here from this serial onwards. Location work was recorded on outside broadcast tape instead of 16 millimeter film. Um, and it would run this way through the end of the series. BBC wanted to do this from the beginning because it was substantially cheaper. cheaper. Mm-hmm. John Nathan Turner wanted to do this from the beginning of his run. Because it's easier. Because it's easier. It's easier to shoot on videotape Mm. than it is. And the directors were the ones that resisted that change, that they wanted to shoot on film, and they didn't want to go off on this this, this video. Because there's a certain look to it. And the interesting thing is to me is that it's always been jarring to me to watch old British television. Because I grew up in the 70s and 80s where stuff that was shot on tape was shot on tape no matter where it was and <laughs> stuff that was shot on film was shot on film no matter where it was and I'd watch these old British shows when I was a kid and they'd flip back and forth anything outside was on 16mm film and everything inside was on videotape <laughs> and I thought how interesting and strange and jarring is that when you can do one or the other or both I mean just it, it was something that I, I always both. one or the other not both I always subconsciously noticed it but I didn't have the technical know-how of what was going on until way later uh, in my years, and then finally went and looked at it and started noticing that wow, this is why it's because I can well, tell I that's film. I don't know is. that. I, yeah, I, I could tell that they were obviously different formats. I, I never understood why, yeah. and, and it has to do with light and, and things like that. But apparently, uh, complete side note here. But the, apparently, Quentin Tarantino, being Quentin Tarantino, has just made some announcement recently that he's tired of the digital film revolution that everybody's pushing to go for in the studios and all that kind of stuff. And he's pretty adamant that he likes shooting on film and he wants to continue shooting on film. And even if that means he has to retire 
and go somewhere like HBO and do something, that he'll do it <laughs> that way before he converts. <laughs> so it's like, hmm. Interesting. But that's, you know, he's, he's pretentious and he can afford to be, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, there's, there's so much to, uh, so much I want to talk about with this. Um, the model shot's phenomenal. Um, like I said, Michael Jason, I, I, I had problems. I wish I had talked more to him. I know. We were I Gallifrey. so wish we'd have done something we, you know. I was on the same bathroom schedule with a man. I should have organized <laughs> something. I, Every time I was outside, he was smoking cigarettes. So. Yeah. And, and then, well, and then when Mel and I were heading back up to the room, and he was just like, four in the morning, I can't know if I can do this much longer. <laughs> yes. I mean, he was, just, he was such a warm, friendly guy. And I really did. I had trouble looking at him in this light. Of him being mean this mean, and, nasty, mean spirited. Mm-hmm. We're going yeah. to kill you. You know. I really t- look forward to seeing more of this play out, and I'm hoping we get to see some of his motivations on why he's putting the doctor on trial. All of your reasons. I'm assuming. <laughs> Mostly. I'm hoping <laughs> because I, 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 so much of this just uh, a lot of my curiosity. Uh, a lot of it. <laughs> Tiptoe. <laughs> <laughs> a lot. Of who is putting the doctor on trial is answered. Not the why. Why it's particularly the Valyard that is the prosecutor is to me never fully answered. Mm. We'll, we'll we'll see. Maybe it will be, and I've just missed it every time. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, 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 they answer the question; it's just it's not explored well enough for mm. me. So. Okay. Anyway. So, I don't know. I, I like Mysterious Planet, and I say poo on all of you that don't. I agree. I, I, just, this has always been one of my favorites. and, and uh, Unfortunately, this one starts Travel Time Lord off on a good foot. The or, next uh, one, I, I'm, I'm excited to, to, to hear you guys talk about next week, because it's always been a weird one for me. It's not that I hate Mind Warp. It's just... it's. I don't know. It just doesn't set well with me for for many reasons, which we'll explore next week. But yeah, mysterious planet. Good start. I think the rest of the trial, uh, the run of the trial of the Time Lord, has some really high standards to try to live up to. Now it certainly does. This it sets um, the bar so high that it, and if all of them are this good, I'm gonna have to go out and buy the box set <laughs> because well. Because I you, can't buy this individual. I'll let you in on a little, little uh, secret. I did order it this week because uh, I met my uh, weight loss goal. And I thought it was good enough for Sean. It's good enough. <laughs> now, my, my goals are in smaller kilograms. Well, no, no. They're, they're, mine are stepping stone goals. So I think you had one overall I had weight one, well, goal. one initial... Uh, 40 pounds was my, yeah. was, my, was my initial... I mean, I'd still like to be lower than that. But that was kind of my well, initial. I'm going to get to this point and get back to my pre-stroke weight. Yeah. See, my before my first else, was so. to get under 300 pounds, and, and ideally you lose 10. But I have my I wanted to get under 300 pounds, and I got under 300 pounds this week. So congratulations, said, thank you very much. So I thought, you know what, I'm, I'm going to do what Sean did. I'm going to reward myself. So. <laughs> and my, my reward came early because technically I still have three pounds to go. Oh, it had, well, to, go, it had to go on the schedule. So sometimes that's close <laughs> enough, though. It's fault. <laughs> it's interesting, also, before we move on, uh, according to Chrissy, Mind Warp is one of her favorite Colin Baker TV stories. 
Okay. So it's interesting to hear you say that you're you're weird on it. I'm weird on it. I'm not, it's not that it's not a dislike. It's not yep. a dislike, Chrissy. It's, it's just, just a weird on it. Oh, this is I didn't I didn't even make that connection. That uh, um, the the, the uh, what is this? Uh, from the Doctor Who Television Companion, which comes from the official uh, BBC t- uh, Doctor Who site, uh, Glitz, played by Tony Shelby, is the best thing about this segment of the story, a typical Holmes creation in the tradition of Vorg, Garin, and Henry Gordon Jago. Oh, I didn't think oh. about the fact yeah. that Bob Holmes wrote That's right. Uh, yeah. He that does. He, it's, you know, <laughs> it might be... It might be similar in vain to Moffat. You know how always people always complained in Moffat's stories during the the uh, JMT era, or not JMT, <laughs> the RTD RTD era, <laughs> was the fact that that Moffat always introduced his own characters, and the companions always seem, you know, Rose always seemed to take a, uh, you know, a sidecar, yeah. or you know, so Donna. It, you wonder if if Holmes was kind of the same way as he he never really kind of. Drove into dove into writing for the companion because he always brought his own, you know, to the to the to the story. So, kind of makes you wonder if if he's kind of the Stephen Moffat because <laughs> <laughs> Moffat was responsible for Madame de Pompadour and being more what? more of the companion than Mickey and Rose and Captain Jack, Captain Jack and uh, River, Song. River Song, yeah. So Sally, uh, Sparrow, Sally Sparrow, which ends up being more the Doctor of the story. <laughs> well, that's true. <laughs> he always brought his own. Yeah, he really did. His own characters. Anyway, should we move on, or did you have anything else to talk about on the mysterious planet? I can't wait to see where we go. Me too. So 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 I'm enjoyable. Too excited, but some things. <laughs> So, All right. Sarah hasn't been doing Friday Night Who because she has to work Saturdays. And she asked, well, how was Friday Night Who? And I was like, it was really, really good. She's like, which doctor was it? Six? And she was like, really? <laughs> she, she's never been a big Six fan. Um, so if, if this continues really well, I'm going to have to introduce her to this story. It might change her position a little bit on Colin. That's it. Well, the next one, of our, obviously, is uh, the sixth issue of Doctor Who, Prisoners of Time, which focuses on the sixth Doctor, Perry, and Frobisher, which I thought was interesting because I believe, I mean, thinking back, this is the first title of this series that we have gotten a non-television companion. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. So I thought that was kind of interesting. That is interesting, and one that and what t- technically appeared in spinoff media. Yes. Well, I suppose not. Frobisher has been would all be spinoff media. Frobisher <laughs> has been in the comic books, and Frobisher has been in Big Finish audios, and Were I they? believe in some of the novelizations as well. Right? Or am I incorrect on that one? For certain, in the comic books, for certain and, comic uh, books, or comic and strips, and you should at say. least two. Big Finish. Big Finish. Okay. I don't know about novels. I haven't listened to any of the Frobisher stuff, so I, you know, and what threw me, and in a good way, what threw me in a good way was the opening panel, that big splashy one-page shot, the TARDIS in Antarctica, and there's the Doctor and Perry and snow and ice, and Frobisher, mm-hmm. and, <laughs> and it dawned on me the genius of that that you know, well, Frobisher's a comic book creation. We're doing a Doctor Who comic book. 
Yeah. Of course he's going to be there. I would have never thought that. I, I would I, have I never, never thought that. Well, I assumed he would have been in there. I, I didn't either, but that's because, I think, because we've only had television companions up until this point in the in, the, in this particular series. So I was quite surprised <laughs> to see it. Now, and this is everybody has had multiple companions, though, with the exception of the fourth Doctor, because the fourth Doctor was just... Fourth Doctor and well, uh, Canine. We went Canine. Oh, Canine. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So you never see mind. how hurt you were. You see how mind. upset you made him. How could, you, how could you forget Canine? I forgot that Canine was in there. So it did have multiple companions. The the Sixth Doctor never had multiple companions on screen. So he only ever had one companion at a time. That's true. Well, that no, yeah, he did. He did. Only one companion. The Seventh Doctor never had multiple companions. Yes, he did. On screen. Yes, he did. You're not counting Dragonfire. No, Ace. I don't think that counts. Oh my gosh, it, that totally counts. Mel was there. Ace was there. It was a transition episode. It was, but they that's two that's companions. Two companions. Yeah. The point is, the Sixth Doctor has never had two. Even when there was a the the, the transition between yeah, okay, all right, I'll his companions, it. which we'll see in a few weeks, is not a I'll allow transition. It. So. I now, we know he's had multiple companions. Obviously, Evelyn. He's had yeah. uh, Perry, uh, Charlie, <laughs> in some wibbly wobbly way. We, we'll find out. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and uh, Frobisher. Not to mention there are probably others in, in yeah. other media. But I thought they handled Frobisher really well for 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 not really knowing what Frobisher is. Wait, he had another revelation. Stephen Moffat in the fiftieth anniversary. John Hurt's Doctor will be revealed to be Frobisher, a shapeshifter. <laughs> not actually the doctor. Not actually the no. doctor. How awesome would that be that I, they've set all this stuff up and then he morphs down into a penguin and all the fanboys lose their mind? <laughs> <laughs> sorry, go ahead. Anyway, sorry, I thought go ahead. I thought they did a really good job explaining what Frobisher was and and you can't just plop him down in there without <laughs> Especially in a title that that's not people are picking up because it's 50th anniversary, yeah. because it's you know I, I have a feeling people are picking this particular series up that may not be comic book fans, may not be uh, people that have listened to a lot of the Big Finish to know who Frobisher is. Which, and according so to I this, agree with like Keith, two he's been in. I agree with Keith that that this does a really good job of explaining who Frobisher is. And I thought his character was really enjoyable. I I really enjoyed reading him, and I could almost imagine what his voice would sound like. I don't I don't I don't know how to explain that, but it was just, he was just so enjoyable to read and see realized that I'm interested to see more for Obisher now. I have a whole companion archive planned. <laughs> two, <laughs> two archives. Ooh. No, just two stories. Cause oh. That's all we can do. Well, can we do some comic books in there too? Oh, the comic sure. strips from the magazine. This is one of those. Um, we, we talked about it last time when we did a comic book review for, for the, this particular series. That we knew we were going to get to this point where now that the Fifth Doctor has like, oh, I do remember, and I know what's going on, and that, that kind of big re- revelation we had at the end that we kind of suspected that they were going to change the format up a little bit mm-hmm. and that we were going to start kind of explaining things and who the mysterious companion snatcher but we step away from that a lot in this book because we 
don't. We don't go back to there, but we do get the nugget that Frobisher clearly has been yes. set in motion to to thwart, to be at least part of the way to thwart this uh, uh, plan that's going on. And how interesting was that? That it was ten. Yeah. What. Well, I was really surprised by yeah, that. Yeah, was that was didn't surprising. that seem just yeah, like oh surprising. cool? Wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, maybe it's just because we're so used to the audio goes being the eleventh Doctor who's going back and communicating with everybody. That could but be. well, it just makes more. I don't know. I, I'm interested. I'm interested to see how this is going to work since it is ten. Like, is it all just leading up to ten, and that's going to be it? Uh, it it just seems weird. I thought the story. I have a complaint about this, and it's it's kind of one of those frequent ones where the story arc that we get for six doesn't go anywhere. Yes, we get the adventure. Yes, we get no resolution of it. We get the surprise reveal that the Autons are here, which was a very cool reveal. Which was cool. Nice twist. We get the very su- big surprise reveal that the Master is involved, and that uh, well, I'm not going to kill you. I'm just going to keep you locked up <laughs> because killing you is not working. Because killing you is not working. And then nothing. Yeah, we don't even get to know what the master's plan is. Yeah, it's like it's like there's there's needs to be a second issue after Frobisher leaves of the Doctor cleaning up after all this mess because well, and we don't even know what happens to Perry. I think it's 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 a little bit in the vein of the last one as well, where we get plopped down into this war between the Santarans and the Rutans, but we don't really. Go anywhere with the story, other nope. than the fact yeah. that the Santarans are, are are so warlike that they're going to go to their death. They'll, they'll make the, the sacrifice. The difference is no there's a resolution on that. Well, one. And sort of more because, of a but, resolution than this. But it, it's yeah, not a re, it's not a res- resolution for the doctor. You know what I mean? Well, because yeah. the, no, the it's, doctor it's, it's still a, can't. The doctor still does nothing except for try to talk them out of it. It's a, it's a resolution for the situation. Yes. This but doesn't you're have right. That. This one goes even so farther to you know that we don't even know what was going on in the the what would have been the primary plot of the first four books. Yeah, the primary plot isn't even yeah, like you said, resolved in this. This is more of a a just kind of a reason to get us to the end, which is Frobisher clearly is short enough that <laughs> the uh, uh, which would she call him. Uh, that, those have to be adjustable. You would think. Because otherwise, K9 <laughs> would be too short. Oh, yeah. I hadn't thought of that. Although, he maybe he just disconnected K9. Maybe he just disabled K9. Uh, he had he's K- not that easy. There's a, there's a panel somewhere, I think it might have been in the fifth one, where he's walking down the hallway and K9's floating upright. Ah, yeah. Well, so there you go. They addressed that. <laughs> anyway. Maybe not so well, but there, there was There was clearly a reason for this, so. What do you think of the artwork on this one? I liked it. I thought oh, it was it was, good. it was pretty good art. Um, I'm trying to. We, we we've kind of discussed the. Well, it feels like this, 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 or this in the past that we had the the different mm-hmm. panel, and, and this one once again it feels different. It does. But they I don't all know that I can put my finger on what about this one. There's a lot more lines. Oh, we do get a mention. It's almost of a, more realistic. We do get mention of another companion. We do get mention of. Uh, um, Houdini again. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I liked that. That, <laughs> that was, was neat. that was fun, especially coming off of uh, the fifth doctor, the fifth doctor, yeah. smoke and mirrors. Um, this is going to sound strange, but okay. <laughs> the, the, the situation that happens here is very comic bookish. It's not very where whereas everyone else 
All the other books seem to be you could have translated them to television. Mm-hmm. This one almost is is slightly absurd enough that it, it would be difficult to translate it to television, especially these the the, the robots. The the, yeah. the, the, the the security the ridiculous robots with the happy faces yes <laughs> um, a three square box yeah uh, although that's very Doctor Who I'm the, sorry <laughs> <laughs> the well perhaps uh, the 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 Frobisher Frobisher being who he is is very very comic bookish um, all of it feels very much like a, a 1980s comic book even then. even some of the action of well, hitting the auton and his head flies off. Well, and then hitting the one and it's just that, you know, yeah. it's just, yeah, it, it, it's. It, I agree with you. It is very comic book esque. I don't think it could be translated. But that being said, this story really feels like a Sixth Doctor story. So it really feels like it's done in the style of a Sixth Sixth Doctor story. Um, him being captured, put in, put into a. Uh, um, Straight jackets, uh, the master revealing that he's behind the plan, smashing the the telescreen with his head. That all felt very Sixth Doctor to me. And, oh yeah, and uh, maybe even the the confrontation, the 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 the, the, the dialogue was very Sixth Doctor as well. Well, so and Keith pointed out, of all of the, the doctors essence. to get locked in an insane asylum, <laughs> 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 it could only be six. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. I thought the writing was very, very top-notch for capturing the the speech patterns. Uh, I mean, I, I read this totally in Colin Baker's voice. Oh, me too. You know? yeah. it, it, and, and, and sometimes when you do a comic book that's licensed material to somebody else, you fall down on the job a little bit on that, and it just doesn't quite sound the way it's supposed to. makes but me I, wonder, who, really well who did write this one, do you know? Because... Uh, uh, Scott and David Tipton. It is yeah, the Tiptons. It makes me wonder how much of of the Six Doctor stuff that maybe in the strips that Tipton's the Tiptons did. Uh, because you're right, there it it, it, it very. I, I was the same way. I could hear Colin Baker speaking these lines. Are you saying the the, the Six Doctor strips from the from the time or? From what time? From Doctor Who magazine. From, from Doctor Who magazine. magazine yeah. uh, no, I don't think there's a, a a nice little thing at the end of the issue. Um, let's see. It's no real secret that Colin Baker, the actor who portrayed the Sixth Doctor on television, wasn't entirely satisfied by the way he was asked to play the character, feeling too much time was spent being unpleasant and shouty. He enjoyed exploring the darker side of the Doctor, but still wanted to remain something, to retain something of the Doctor's joy at the universe rather than yelling at it. It is therefore no surprise to learn he was a huge fan of the concurrent run of comic strips featuring his Doctor. This pleasure can be laid squarely at the feet of three people, writer Steve Parkhouse, editor-writer Alan McKenzie, and most of all, the gorgeous black-and-white artwork of John Ridgway. So those are good people. Okay. So I wonder if and maybe the Tiptons did it in the vein, since that's, that's, that has, is alluded to, have, to. They seem to have a lot of I wonder history. if they did it more in the vein of the, the Six Doctor strips, because I haven't read a lot of them, but um, I wonder if they, they, they sort of borrowed from those, and maybe that's why there's a, a certain feel here as well. It's, it seems like they've really gone back and looked at whatever comic history there was for the classic Doctors in preparation for this. Because, like, looking back at, like, the back page of, like, the first and the second one, there was a lot of information and details about the history of Doctor Who as a comic. Oh. 
So I bet they did their research. Maybe so then. Yeah. And want to do justice to what came before them. I, I wish I read North as caustic, smart, and comical, passionately loyal. Frobisher was both the most memorable and the most recognizable companion ever created purely for the comic strips. For a while, the Doctor and Frobisher were also joined by TV companion Perry Brown, and Frobisher and Perry had a delightful brotherly-sisterly relationship, playful and cheeky. When Perry left the strip, Frobisher was left despondent. And now I really want to read these. <laughs> Well, you can. They're all collected. In yeah, well, we, have, we we have to know. Yeah. I mean, it's, well, <laughs> it's it's not like we those books. Put that on that the are, agenda yeah. with the uh, we'll, we'll companion it, we'll, we'll archive. Put it but it's it's not like the the target novelizations that apparently don't exist anywhere. <laughs> right. And thank you again to IBW for um, not only providing us with uh, an opportunity to read IDW. this. IDW. That's what I said. He said IBW. IDW. Yeah. I heard IB. I heard IBW. IDW. Uh, for not only providing us the opportunity to read these, but um, for rescuing all of these Doctor Who comics. I mean, because they've been collecting them and They're archiving really, them yeah. and, and, you know, putting them out and doing putting a great them out job. collections, them. yeah, which is great. But so, once again, I'm left with that unfortunate, I enjoyed it, but I can't wait to figure out where you're going with it. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe, maybe that's the sign of, of all things of a good comic book, when I can't wait for next month well, so that true. I can go and get that, it. That, and, that's... There's something to be said for that because a lot of comic you need that. Yeah. Otherwise, people won't come back every month. And I love the doctor's comment at the very end. His uh, excuse me. His, his remembrance comment about I remember now he's taking them all. I remember. Oh, I am a clever one after all, aren't I? I just that <laughs> was so Colin. I just loved it. All right. Well, Sean, have you got the schedule pulled up? Uh, momentarily, I will. Okay. Well, Sean, then when you get it pulled up, tell us what's <laughs> up next on the schedule. Do, 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 was, do. We've been talking about one part of it. Mind warp. More trial of a time, Lord. We're going to get some mind warp in, uh, which is next week's Friday Night Who with special guest star. And I'm not sure if I should reveal it or not. Hmm? There's a special guest star in Mind Warp? Special guest star in Mind Warp. Oh! Is that when Brian shows up? That's when Brian shows up. <laughs> I am so ready for some Brian Blessed action. I was watching something, and Brian you was mean, on it. We're so excited <laughs> <laughs> to have some Brian Blessed action. <laughs> Gordon's alive! <laughs> uh, I love some Flash Gordon. I love Brian Blessed. I love anything Brian Blessed is in. And then we're all, uh, also doing uh, Big Finish. Well, you called it Big Finish. It's audio go. Although Big Finish is producing. I've, oh, ca- I've called them yeah. all Big Finish. Right Dusty, the That's one of the reasons why you'll appreciate um, the Pirates. Brian Blessed is in it. Does a voice. Oh, damn it. I have to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> and he, his role is awesome on it. I forgot that he was in it. He is in it. Okay. He has a great role. All right, I'll, I'll watch the pirate movie for Brian Blessed. Um, so, yeah, we're doing Mind Warp, and then our show will be our reviews of Mind Warp and the Big Finish slash Audio Go audiobook, Destiny of the Doctor 6, which I don't have an actual title for. Um, that was, was Paradise. Uh, Trouble in Paradise. Trouble in Paradise. Trouble in Paradise. Uh, <laughs> can, I, can I tip my hand? The following <laughs> week. Oh, boy. <laughs> have you guys not listened to it yet? I have not yet. listened to it yet. The following week, we're going to do Terror of the Vervoids. And then our show will be Terror of the Voids and Doctor Who Revisited 6. And once again, thank you to Brenda for getting us a copy of that. And then we finish 
July with uh, the last episode of Travel Time Lord, The Ultimate Foe. And then our show that week will be The Ultimate Foe, the overall arc of Travel Time Lord, and the Sixth Doctor uh, era discussion. Right. And, and I will get that post on Facebook uh, shortly. And I'm going to go ahead and do poll. something. The poll. And I'm going to do something a little different. I am going to go ahead and include episodes of Travel of Time War that we haven't reviewed yet. Simply because we will have watched all of them by, by the then. time we oh, get absolutely. there. So that's just, that's just, totally which, which means you will have the entire Almost. run, except for Glenn's favorite episode. <laughs> We've watched all of, ba- of we Colin watched, Baker. We will have watched all of Colin of Baker Dilemma. with the exception of so Twin Dilemma. So we'll have Twin Dilemma to look forward to after this. No, I don't. <laughs> When, 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 when people ask me, they say, well, why, aren't, why haven't you done things like Caves of Adrazani? It's like, because I'm holding on to it for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> Are we doing Caves and Twin Dilemma together? No. Is that what you're implying? No, that's oh, not what I'm implying. Okay, good. <laughs> but, but I'm thinking that what I will but do you is... Can't make me, you can't make me watch a really, really... One of my... Probably my favorite stories in Doctor Who, and then follow it by probably my least favorite I, I, No, I think what I'll do is I'll make you watch the least favorite one one week, and then we'll do tr- uh, caves to kind of wash the taste of your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my... One thing I can assure you is that <laughs> the Twin Dilemma will not be the final episode of Who that we review. <laughs> I will promise you that. Because you know me, all Who is good Who, but even I can say, uh. <laughs> so, so there's that. And then um, a little sneak preview in August, uh, we're going to do The Doctor's Wife. Because I'm partial that one. So. And Paul McGann comes back in August, too. Paul does? What's Paul coming back in? Oh, uh, wait, do the, we're, the, finish up the, we're finishing up the Divergent Universe in August. Shouldn't we're going to squeeze some Sylvester McCoy in there. Shouldn't we save that for... Uh, That's what I was wondering. September? Maybe we ought to no. push that to September. No. we got a lot of Paul going on in September? We, well, we will have Paul in September, yes. Okay. We, well, I guess it does continue after the Divergent yeah, Universe. Yeah, like it's, it's, it's not like we're done with Paul with the end of the Divergent Universe. So mm-hmm. we'll continue there. But I know everybody's anxious to get out of the Divergent Universe, so I kind of thought, you know what, we're just going to go ahead and knock uh, it out. Well, I thought maybe you'd throw some uh, McCoy in there. Well, we'll have we'll have McCoy too. I mean, all of the months have, been, with the exception of six, which just happened to work out that yes, way because yes. there are four You're stories. Right. Six yeah. is really the one that we're we've, just we've, we've mostly ba- focusing we've, on. We've bounced around a lot, and we will continue to do so. But it just so happens that, and I'm also waiting for an official date on uh, um, the the fourth. What is the Zygons? Um, Oh. Oh, 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 because I had it on the schedule twice now. I had to keep bumping it because apparently the dates that I have weren't the official dates. So. <laughs> gotcha. well, I'm hoping that that'll tie in nicely with our end run of the end of the year. Well, I'm hoping it'll come up close to uh, at least uh, uh, the 10th anniversary or the 10th, the 50th anniversary special. <laughs> so I have a feeling that's what it's see be. it before. Oh yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll get a watch before then for sure. October 8th. October 8th. That's what TV shows on DVD is saying is when Terror of the Zygons will be out. Is that the UK or No, the this US? is the US only. Okay. Yeah, TV show the cover? is just... Yes. Yes. I saw it this week. Oh, wait. Go back to the screen. Well, yeah. Hold on. There's that one. Oh, that's cool. I like that. And then the month ahead will be Scream of the Shopper and the Ice Warriors. I forgot Scream of the Shopper was getting its I did, DVD. too, actually. On September 17th. Actually, my mother's. Where do I day. put Shaka in, <laughs> in my collection? Do they, right they, next to the uh, between right next to the uh, right um, next to Shana. 
Yeah, right. Well, right next to the. Um, uh, or do you John Hurt? No. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> do, 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 do you put Shaka between the movie and the Eccleston season, or do you put it at the beginning with the uh, <laughs> uh, Austin time? What is this guy's name? Why can't I think of his name tonight? No, the guy that, uh, the first doctor that we the, the, William Hart, the VHS guy. The VHS guy? Peter Cushing. Cushing. Oh, Cushing. Cushing. Why can't I ever think of Cushing's name tonight? I don't know. Because I have my Cushing tapes at the beginning, because mm-hmm. they're alternate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and here's the cover for uh, the second. Oh, oh that's cool, too. Poor Sylvester. <laughs> Not his best picture. Embla- <laughs> emblazoned with that face forever. So that means they're going to do. And there's going to be three doctors revisited DVD sets. Mm-hmm. Yes. Which I have a sneaky suspicion I'm going to have to purchase that as well when it comes out, just for the sake oh. of being the completest and going. Yeah, I got that. Even well, you'll have had everything. In, yeah, you have everything in them. You'll I know. Need them twice. I know. But Although I, I, I want it be a I great way to go. It has the the retrospective, the retrospective, and and it would be a somebody. I'm interested in watching some classic Who. That'd be a great yeah. here. Just take here this. Are, take this. Here are four stories. Yeah, <laughs> and a little Enjoy. special to give you everything you need to know. Almost right. everything you need to know going into the era. Right. Agreed. A primer. All right. Anything yeah, else really. on this schedule that we need to know about? That was it. All right. Well, if that's going to do it for this week, until next week, I'm Glenn. I'm Sean. I'm Keith. Cheers. Good night, everybody. Be seeing you. Keith, read to me some more. He cried half his time and laughed the other half. He cried when he had to climb the dark flues, rubbing his poor knees and elbows raw. And when the soot got into his eyes, which he did every day. have been listening to Traveling the Vortex. Doctor Who and all of its associated programs are owned and trademarked by the BBC. No infringement is intended or implied.